My name is Anthony O'Connell, Upper Feast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm a man with a high voice. I moved to New York City to pursue stand-up comedy, started a food blog in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, recently moved back to Columbus, Ohio, and decided to start a podcast. I'll be interviewing people that love to Upper Feast, people in the service industry, restaurant owners, foodies, comedians, anyone who loves food, I'll be talking to them. Maddie Busher of Cooking Mad. We talk about her growing up on a dairy farm, gold-covered Hot Pockets, food so good it makes her cry, seeing a bloody fingertip in a fast food burger. Wowza. Today we got a uh, guest, Maddie Boucher. Bouchard. I'm sorry about the pronunciation, but Maddie, please introduce yourself better. So I am Maddie Busher. Close. It's bush like the beer or the plant. And then just you are. I like to start it off with a little feast or pass. Hawaiian pizza, feast or pass? Uh, feast. Feast. Okay. Easy breezy on that one. I've never had a good one, but I haven't tried it in years. Like the last time I had a Hawaiian pizza was probably from like Domino's or Pizza Hut or something. There's like fancy pizza shops. I should I should probably give it another try, I guess. Do you actively dislike it or does it just not really do it for you? I kind of think I felt a societal pressure. I, I don't even know why I hate it. Like I, I just <laughs> have like this bad taste in my mouth just thinking about it. I, I think I need to try it again. I, I think I need to get on that. Now my sister does something crazy. Let's see if you'd feast her pass on this. She loves tomatoes. She's obsessed with tomatoes, but she does tomatoes and pineapple. Mm. Yeah, I think it's inappropriate. I make fun of her all the time. <laughs> How about veal parmesan? Some people get caught up on like the baby cow, whatever, but I think it's delicious. That's a big feast for me for sure. I grew up on a farm. I did have a vegetarian stint, you know, which was a betrayal to my family. We weren't a meat farm. It was a dairy farm, but calves, the calves do push me a little bit, but not enough that I <laughs> I wouldn't eat it. Wow, a dairy farmer. So did you did you folks make cheese and stuff too, or maybe sell the dairy to, to people to make the cheese? Yeah, so we sold it to a processing plant and it's primarily used for drinking milk. And this is a fun fact. There was a period of time, I don't know, this would have been several years ago, where all the Arby's east of the Mississippi used our milk for their milkshakes. Whoa. So you're rich, rich. I'm intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. big millionaire farmer out here this is my- <laughs> yeah no uh don't tell my dad that he'll cry he gets that <laughs> what about hot pockets feast feast okay cool so one time this was one of my biggest bombs ever on my instagram which i love upper feast i love you thank you for following i made do you remember like two years ago in the food scene it was like kind of hip to put gold on everything like I gold chicken wings, gold burgers. I thought it'd be funny to make a gold hot pocket. Uh huh. So I literally bought gold sheets of paper from Amazon and just covered a hot pocket in gold. No one cared about it. No one thought it was funny. No one thought it was charming. <laughs> Everyone was just like, "Why'd you put gold on a hot pocket?" I'm like, "Cause it's a hot pocket. Isn't that funny?" And they were like, "No." I think that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Would you eat a gold hot pocket? A 24 karat gold hot pocket? Yeah, I think I deserve a 24 karat gold hot pocket. 100%. I'll, I'll mail you some. <laughs> so yeah, that's my little gold hot pocket story. Now I'd like to move on to rate it one to feast, which yes. is kind of like one to five, but we say feast instead of five. One to feast, Chipotle. Four. Four? That's fair. Now, do you do a burrito or a bowl or a bowl. tacos? Bowl. bowl? You're a health nut. I respect that. That's what they call me. <laughs> I drink my 4 p.m. wine. <laughs> I love it. What are you drinking? What you got a little ca- casual Cabernet? Uh, it's a Merlot. Ooh, Merlot. It's supposedly award-winning. It was like half price at Meyer. You know, it was like award-winning. But I, I don't know that I would, I would probably give this a four. You know, I wouldn't give it a feast. Not a feast. Okay, so another fast food place, Pizza Hut. Three. Three? 
That's tough but fair. What about the stuffed crust Pizza Hut? Does that change the score? One. One? I no, nope. Bonus cheese, come on. <laughs> I don't, it's too soggy. And the cheese itself doesn't have much flavor, in my opinion. No, no, that's true. Right. I'm not a Pizza Hut super fan. I was just trying to stick up for that bonus cheese. <laughs> this is not really a one to feast, but I'm just curious, especially from a farm person mm-hmm. or former farm person. I don't know if you still farm. Or do you still farm? Are you farm adjacent? I, I'm farm adjacent. That's a great way to put it. My family, they um, all still farm. So, so I'm not in the ag field, but I love it still. Well, also, you know, not. It's, it's not what I chose to do. But I have a lot. Of, I love going back to the farm and, you know, feeding the cows. Speaking of cows, that's actually what I was going to ask you next. What temperature do you like your steak? Medium rare. That's what I love. Why do you, you say it all timid like that? Medium rare is a great choice. <laughs> And first of all, this is a judgment-free zone. If you would have said, well done, I'd be like, hey, do you, girl. It's not for me, but YOLO. Probably that was my initial response because I used to always be a well done uh, kind of gal. Actually, I don't know if this will come up later in conversation, but meat. It, I, I struggle to make meat and it's because I am always afraid I'm going to undercook it. I, it took me a few years to get to medium rare and I just don't think that I'll ever get past that. And it's perfect for me now, but I, I am actively working on not overcooking my meat. Medium rare, safe all day. Now granted, I'm not a food scientist or whatever, or even a professional chef, but I think if it's fresh and whatever, medium rare is perfect. Oh yeah. And with, with that, it's totally different than chicken, for example. Oh yeah. You don't want raw chicken. I saw on Reddit like a year ago, some lady, I don't know if it was a joke. I hope it was satire, but she said she liked sushi chicken and she had like raw chicken and she was just like eating this raw chicken. I hope it was a joke or if not, she's probably dead. I don't know. (laughs) That makes me want to (laughs) die. Did you block her? Like I I hope so. Big block, quickest block in the West. (laughs) So growing up on a farm, that's really cool. So you, you probably have an interesting relationship with meat. What was that like growing up as a kid on a farm? Yeah, I mean, well, you don't know anything different, right? And where I'm from, it's Western Ohio, like one of the higher, like higher ag focused counties in the state and a lot of dairies, but also a lot of, you know, chickens, pigs. And I would say it goes back to being adjacent to those because my friends who did raise meat animals were very passionate about their meat animals. Whereas I saw them, but I never really had that like relationship with animals that I would raise and then have to butcher. And I also, even from the large scale production side of it, I never saw anything that brought forth like ethical concerns. There are, it's one of those things where when you're in it, you Mm -hmm. understand, oh, this is the reason that the farmer is doing this. Like, so for dairy, it's docking tails. Are you familiar with like tail docking? So the idea is that, so you're cutting part of the tail off and there's a method that you do it and you do it at a certain age so that there isn't the pain factor there. But what it does is it decreases disease for them later and it decreases injuries and it creates um, cleaner milk just because of how like the process of that goes. But now that's something that has been illegalized, not to like, like not let's get controversial over here, but something like that from an outsider perspective, you would hear that and be like, dude, why? Like, that's a horrible thing to do. Why would you just cut off their tail? But whenever you're in it, you realize, okay, that's for their well-being. And so whenever I saw something that seemed counterintuitive to me, I immediately had someone there to answer the question 
So it's like, oh, why are those like, why is there that uh, pen between the mom and her, the mom pig and her babies? Well, it's like, oh, well, so that they don't roll over on them. And then it clicks and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Hey, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far. If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. When you think of eating and you think of going out to eat, for example, what do you think makes a great dining experience? First, can I hear from you? What do you think makes good dining experience? Yeah, of course. So I think there's a ton of factors. For me personally, I think the most important factors are uh, company. Like if you're with good friends or family, people you love and care about, I think that's integral to a great dining experience. Mm-hmm. But also vibes and ambiance. It can be fancy and swanky or it can be like bottom <laughs> of the barrel dive bar, eating a delicious hot dog with some friends when you're drunk or something. Uh, and then and then lastly, the food has to be good, of course. I mean, I think you could argue that's first, but I think for me personally, if I don't have good company and good vibes, I'm not going to care if it's a, a five-star dinner. Right. Absolutely. And, and so it's hard to say because when I think of like memories with eating out, I immediately do go to the company aspect of it. There are definitely a few where it stands out of like, wow, that was really good. And it's, it wasn't about like, like you go into it with a regular dinner with somebody that you see three times a week. It's just a Tuesday. You're not celebrating anything. So you didn't expect it to be anything different from Monday when you went out to eat with the same person. But because the food was so good, you just bond over it. And it like brings such a good like attitude to the both of you that it, you just like you feed off of it, huh? literally, but like you get energy off of it. And so, yeah, just food that like you can taste the, like you just can tell that they know what they're doing and care about what they're doing. Like you said, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. but there's always that whenever it's just such a pleasant surprise. And then I also think the, um, like what can really, I wouldn't say it really breaks an experience, but what can really make an experience is if you have a server or a chef or somebody who's really personable, or, you know, even if that means being good at reading the room. So knowing when not to come over, knowing when to like go back and forth a little bit chatting with you. It just, it, I think it brings out the best in everybody. That's, that's like what it is, is if it's really good food or really good ambiance, everyone is happy to be there. Naturally gives you something to talk about if it's otherwise awkward. It really does. I love to chat. I feel like chatting is half the fun of a meal. Have you ever been a server before? No, I haven't. I have. And I was a server in New York City at one of the busiest restaurants in the country. Uh, we worked in, I worked in Times Square and it's so challenging to be able to read the room. Like I'm thankful I did stand up and I did a little bit of improv in the past because literally this table over here might want you to chat and be fun and making silly dad jokes. This table over here might want you to buzz off. You know what I mean? Like you just, you never know what people want. So I think that's, that's really interesting that you mentioned the server being able to read the room because it's definitely a skill. What do you think makes an awful dining experience? That's another one of my fun little questions here. If there's nothing redeeming about it, I don't care if it's, like a crappy ambiance if it's good food or I don't care if it's shitty food if I really liked the you know the guy that was serving it to me but when when none of it's there I remember being annoyed because I got mac and cheese and it was like $16 mac and cheese Oof. I'm like I can't afford $16 mac and cheese <laughs> Worth it at least I hope it was good yeah because my thing is is like I'm very foolish with my money and when I lived in New York I once bought a $17 ice cream cone mm. And it was not worth it. So <laughs> uh, I went out and I was taking some pics of it. It looked very mediocre and it started to melt. 
And I know I seem like a very cheery, bubbly guy, but I had a rage attack. I had like this little moment of rage where I, I threw the ice cream on the ground. So just like, I know it's in New York City, so I'm invisible, but just imagine my sweet little baby face. I'm eating this ice cream cone and then I just smash it on the ground. Like, what did people, what did people possibly think of that? I assume you went to, you've been to Milk Bar. That is a place that I think is very mediocre and overrated. Uh-huh. That, that was not where I got my expensive ice cream cone. Okay. But have you had milk? Yeah. And the reason I thought of it is it, it was good. I accidentally, like my friend got a milkshake and I did that thing where I faked that I was, like I pretended that I was going to kick it over and then I accidentally kicked it over. <laughs> it was just like everywhere. Just looks oh, down the drain. He was so mad. Anyways, sorry. But yeah, thank you for that, uh, for painting that picture though. Yeah, so. I want to go back in time and hug you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, if it would have been worth it, I wouldn't have thought twice a $17 ice cream cone. I'm a, I'm a madman. So let's see here. Um, have you ever raged with food? Let's, since I just brought that up randomly, have you ever had a, a food rage? So when you say food rage, do you mean like it caused you... Like food caused rage or I have rage and food was accompanying it. Yeah. Any, I think either one would be a great answer. Living alone. It's just brought out like the grossest in me. I was trying to make these brownies the other day and I messed them up because the recipe, I was just really having a hard time following it. And I like tasted it. Like I, I, I swallowed the first bite and I'm like, well, okay, I'll have a second bite. This wasn't that bad second bite I'm like what am I doing why am I why is this going in my body and I just went I just like spit it straight into the trash can not even like a classy little like into a napkin first I could have followed that I wouldn't call that rage did you eat the rest of the brownies or you ended up wasting them so I so that was just part of the batter for it I actually finished them I brought some into the office today um we were having like a like a distance meeting and I told people I'm like I don't know what your comfort level with this is but if anybody does want some brownies, they are here. Do with that what you will. And they got really good feedback, but I still, they took me way too long to do. So but yeah, I don't know. I am sure there was, for me, I would say there have been plenty of moments where there was outside rage that I turned to food for. I don't think there were as many moments where I like got upset over food. I think that I have this theory, actually. I don't know that I let myself get super bummed out when food isn't good because I just don't want to have to be disappointed with food. Like food is the one thing just like don't hurt me ever. So I will get extreme appreciation of food, but even the worst food, I'm still like, yep, that's fine, which is definitely just me suppressing emotion. But because of that, it's protected me from ever uh, throwing ice cream on the ground. So I, I feel like you could argue that you could replace that with an attitude of gratitude. You're so thankful to have food and food is such a privilege that you don't allow yourself to get upset. That's what I would like to call that. That's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> I get upset sometimes. This is like the most privileged thing ever. I get upset sometimes when I go get like a meal, even if it's free, for example, this just happened. I won't name names, but I went to get some free food uh, for Upper Feast content and it tasted bad and it looked bad. And I had to have a really awkward conversation with the person. I was like, look, I can Venmo you. It just, this food wasn't for me. Like, I'm definitely not going to post it. And thankfully they were very gracious and they were like, 
well, we can try it again. Like, I'm sorry, you didn't like it, whatever. It kind of ruined my whole day. I was like, I, I was really looking forward to some great content, some delicious food, and it just kind of sucked. Well, I think it goes back to, to that like awkward thing. So in the same way that if you're getting dinner with people or a snack, whatever, with people who you don't know super well, something like that can bring out the worst in others, or it can bring out awkwardness where I don't know about you, but I like really struggle to let myself be negative around somebody who I've just met. So I'll overthink this idea of, oh, I can't critique this ice cream because they'll think that I'm a negative person. <laughs> and so then I'm like pretending to like this ice cream and they're like hating this ice cream and it's awkward. I don't know. I'm probably overthinking that, but that's, that's a really good point though, because what an interesting position for you to be in whenever you are like, you can't be dishonest with your followers, but also yeah, that's so awkward. It is. And the thing is, is like, I would never rip anyone to shreds. So I, I always approach it very delicately. It's, it's probably happened like five or six times. I've been running the account for like three years and okay. I, I only post food I like. So if I don't like the food, it's not going to be posted. So let me ask you this. When you cook at home, have you ever made something that was like horrible? Like what was your worst cooking experience? This was the first season of Cooking Mad. We're in five now. So this was back in the day. And I was using my slow cooker for almost everything. And it was some sort of soup that included ground turkey sausage. Well, with a slow cooker, there are plenty of things you can put in there raw, right? Mm -hmm. Chicken, beef. I didn't know that like I couldn't put this ground turkey in there raw. And so it took me forever. And I didn't could it didn't actually get it in until probably close to 10 p.m. And then I had to let it go through the three hours on high. And so I'm like awake on a Sunday night at 1 a.m. trying like waiting to taste this ground turkey sausage soup. And I open it and it's just like floating around and it's still pink. And I wasn't under, like, I, I was not understanding what was going on. <laughs> My mom happened to be awake. And so I like sent her a picture. I'm like, mom, like, is this okay to eat? And she's like, you didn't cook it first. And I just remember... Maybe that was my food rage. I remember feeling so bad about myself and also just so mad because it is, it's like a ton of food that you're wasting. And then also I just, it was so much time to, but mostly I just felt stupid. And so I was mad about that. That was probably my, that's probably the biggest fail in the kitchen only because there was no way to undo it. And I tried to undo it. Like I then tried to fish out the meat and like cook the meat and then realized that that's super disgusting. Don't do that. But I really don't mind when I burn things. So I think the leaving it raw was was my bad experience. I've never done a crock pot, slow cooker, whatever. I didn't know you couldn't put, I thought you could put raw stuff in it. Does it just need more time and you didn't give enough time or? You can. So there's plenty that you can put in. A lot of times people will even put in frozen raw meat, you know, like that's totally normal. That's how you should do it. Um, I don't know if it's because this was a soup or if it's just ground sausage or if it's like all turkey. I don't really know. There's nothing. It's like I before E except after C. You can put raw anything into a crock pot except ground turkey sausage meat. Fair enough. I'm going to have to fact check you that. I'm going to give it a Google after the show. <laughs> so on the flip side, on the positive note, what, it, what would you say your biggest win in the kitchen is? Like what's your best homemade cooking experience? Like, what are they going to talk about at my funeral? Okay, I'll tell you. 
<laughs> Easter 2020, I made a goose. Ooh, nice. Which may not be a big deal to some, but it was a big deal to me. And then even more so, the day after, I made goose soup with the leftovers. And like, my God, sometimes, does food ever make you cry? Like when it's so good that it brings a tear to your eye? No, but I wish I felt that deeply. I do love food a lot. And I, it's made me so happy. Like it's made me incredibly happy, but I've never brought a tear to my eye. I feel like I got to try harder, I guess. It could be like, do you drink when you cook is, is also a question. Cause it could just be me. Just my, <laughs> it could just be me. Like, yeah, wine tipsy. And, but anyways, it, did I do a perfect job at it? No, it could have been crispier on the outside. It could have been a little juicier on the inside, but it was still really freaking good. <laughs> and my heart went into that experience. That's awesome. I was doing an episode of Cooking Mad and going back to the whole meat thing of like me just struggling with it. I hate cooking with raw meat and I was having to, like all the organs were still inside. And so I'm trying to do that on film in a way that's not like disgusting but also I was trying to kind of just, usually I talk about what I'm doing as I do it. And when I tried talking about it, it made me so nauseous that finally I realized like I need to at the very least like close out Instagram and not have to talk while I'm doing this because that just makes it so much more real for me mm-hmm. that my hand is touching a goose heart. Yeah. Um, when I got over it, but no, it's really hard. I mean, I'm assuming you don't have a camera crew, right? It's just used like a, a one person wrecking crew, I'm guessing. <laughs> correct, correct. So, cause that's what, like when I, I make Upper Feast at home where I do at home cooking content sometimes and it's so challenging. Like I get some really harsh comments sometimes where like, I don't know if they're trying to provide constructive criticism but they're just being mean. But it's like, I'm literally doing this by myself. Like I'm recording, I'm cooking, I'm trying to be entertaining. Like I'm trying to do everything. So right. get, like, I'm the cameraman, I'm the cook, like get out of here. Yeah. Do you, like, did you invest in decent equipment? I guess. I mean, my, I bought a Canon camera. It's like bottom level, like a Canon M50. Uh-huh. It's like with the lenses and everything, it was like 600. And then my sister, who's amazing, shout out Emily. She bought me lighting. She bought me like a three uh-huh. lighting with like the umbrellas and like the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, I guess I've invested a little bit. How about yourself? Yeah. Nobody been thinking about it. Like I, there have been a couple things where, you know, you upgrade a little bit each time where you're like, yeah, I really do need some lighting. So I'm going to bring lighting in, but also it's just going to be my lamp from my bedroom. And I, I like have <laughs> some of the feedback that I got one time. Um, somebody said, Maddie, like you're literally making me sick because I was spinning too much or like too unstable with my, I, I, cause I just use my phone <laughs> too unstable with it. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, you're pregnant. So yeah, you're going to get sick easily. Like, I'm sorry that I'm making you motion sick, Bridget, but thank you for the feedback. And that's a very good point And because it was, it was like all over the place. So um, yeah, but I've been thinking about getting like an actual decent camera and leaning more into it, just like making it a little bit more professional of a deal but also I always said I wouldn't do that because the whole essence like literally the tagline is the rules are made up and the recipes don't matter and I was afraid that if I tried too hard to make cooking mad like a good thing that it would take away the fun and the the chaos of cooking mad and then I've recently realized like really I think it's 
since I got more involved in the improv community, creative community in general, where people like, they don't judge you for caring about your craft, you know, or for saying, oh, you're trying too hard. And yeah, and like, I, it's not a secret that (laughs) I didn't set out with Cooking Mad to make it become some big thing and that I don't see it going in that direction. But that doesn't mean that I can't, like I've already put so much time into it. It's grown so organically to be what it is. Not even like its audience has grown, but just its content has grown that it kind of has made me realize too. It's like, I don't know, get up or get out. What's the actual word for that? I think they say shit or get off the pot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so by shitting, I think I just need to buy a nice camera. (laughs) I understand the um, like hesitation of like, if you show that you tried hard and you showed that you had effort and then it fails, I feel like it hurts a little bit harder. But I think if that's something you're interested in, I 100% support it. And I think if you want to elevate it and improve it in any way that you see fit, I think you should 100% do that. Thank you. That's so encouraging. I'll admit it. I try very hard with my food content. I try very hard. I like, if you were to ever, if you and I ever go feast together, you'll see me and you're like, wow, he's a maniac. Is he ever going to eat? It's just the (laughs) photos, like angles and lighting and stuff. And I'm shameless. I'll take my plate outside to get natural light. I have a little little light, but I'll literally be like, Hey, I'll be, I'll be right back. And I just take the plate outside and like, just go get pics on the sidewalk. So how much, like how much time would you say you spend like in a week on upper feast? Like I've never really kept track, but like a lot of hours, I would say, cause yeah. like when I, when I record like upper feast at home specifically, that typically two to three hours recording and then two to three hours editing. So that's like four to six hours for one video. People have no idea like how much behind and that's coming from somebody who doesn't like edit and upload nearly to the extent that like what you're doing. And that's part of the thing too, that makes you say at some point, shit or get off the pot, because it's like, I'm putting so much time into this, so much money into this. Like maybe I should try to actually make it something that people outside of like my friends who follow my private Instagram account could join in and like have fun with too, because it's hard to keep justifying like working on an art and at some point, you know. But I firmly believe if you enjoy doing it and you, it gives you pleasure and it's something fun to do, even if you only have 10 viewers, I say do it all day long. Like I won't speak for you, but for me personally, I want to go viral every single time. But (laughs) if a post bombs, I still love it. Like I'm like, yeah, I had so much fun doing it. Right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you're having fun, I say go nuts. So I think three things that are so important for food content, especially make video content is number one. People love video. Oh, she's getting her notes out. And with videos, the first three seconds counts as a view. So you want to put the most food porn, most attention grabbing thing first, because three seconds is what determines a view. The thumbnail is often slept on. People don't really think about the thumbnail. And then last thing is like, if you're editing video, make it as quick as possible. Like people have like five to 10 second long things with no cut. You either need to have some kind of motion with the camera or cutting, at least punching in or punching out. So those are my, my three tips that you did not ask for. No, thank you for those. I, I wrote them down. Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> so uh, Maddie, I feel like I've asked you everything that I wanted to ask you, but if there's anything that you'd like to talk about or any fun food stories or just anything you'd like to say, now's your time to shine. Do you want to hear something disgusting? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, one through feast this story I was driving this morning 
and had a flashback to being like four years old and we were in the Sydney Walmart and I don't know if they saw the McDonald's there but they did at the time and we were on our way out and got some food we're sitting down and suddenly my mom like closes her Big Mac and like just like wraps it up and has just this look of death on her face we were like mom what's going on and she like can't talk but she did tell us to stop eating thank you mom for that guidance <laughs> somebody had like cut part of their thumb and there was like a sliver of, her, of a thumb in her hamburger oh my and, and being so young I have to wonder like what did that do to me so did your mom call the McDonald's and complain or she's just such a sweet lady she forgot about it so I think she like told them because she was like, uh, so yeah, you, sh- you need to know, like, somebody is actively, like, bleeding flesh in, in this. And they were apologetic and are like, oh, we can get you a new one. And she's like, I don't want a new one. Get this person a finger back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so gross. And, and it's so gross that I even was wondering, like, did I make that up? You know, like, in my head. And I'm 95% sure that it happened. 95% with your mom like this very well could have been a nightmare you had as a child like <laughs> right. I was hoping maybe you talked to because I'm wondering like what did you see fingernail was it just like a little part of skin he did not show us oh. and I don't think like it was not significant I definitely am not picturing a like they cut off a whole thumb it's you know it was it was all skin muscle Ooh. blood whatever no bone no nail still horrible it's bonus protein your mom sounds like a Karen no I'm kidding <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. I'll have to ask her about it. You know, what's funny is so far, all of my guests have been super chill. And I think I just, I book super chill people. I feel like in order to get some really bad dining experiences, I might need a Karen. Maybe a Karen would be a good thing. That's a good point. If I meet any, I'll send them your way. No, I feel like they, you know, I say one wrong thing on the podcast. Like, let me talk to your manager. I'm like, I'm my own manager. <laughs> have you, did you ever have any, and I'm sorry if you've already talked about this on like other podcasts or videos, but what about whenever you were a server at like in Times Square? What what was your worst Karen experience? We had this one couple, they were an Eastern European Karen variety. Um, <laughs> Karens can be anything, by the way. I don't know if anyone knows that. Uh, quick side note, people are like, it's racist. I'm like, no, everyone's a Karen. Every, every type of person can be rude and demanding, whatever. But I had this Eastern European family and they come in and I have really good server radar. Like I can tell if someone's going to be a problem. And these people were just very particular. They had super specific everything, right? So they ordered our porterhouse, which is $130. It's like a huge, it's meant for sharing, big, huge porterhouse. And so I made sure to say, what's the temperature, whatever. So I rang it in. As soon as the steak hit the table, I went over and checked and if everything was fine. They're like, yeah, it's great. First bite, I do a verbal quality check. Hey, how's the steak? They're like, oh, it's amazing. Everything's good. Then when the check comes, like, we're not paying for the steak. This is bullshit. I'm like, what? Excuse me? And they're like, the steak was horrible. The service was horrible. You never checked on us. And so she has to talk to my manager. And this is like such a New York moment. He goes up to me. He's like, you're not getting anything for free. And she's like, what? He's like, I'm the general manager. I saw him. He was taking care of you guys. Everything was great. And the look of horror on her face, because she was just expecting free steak and she didn't get it. And obviously they didn't tip me, but it was worth it to see the look (laughs) Cause she had the haircut and everything. She had like the short hair and all that. Mm-hmm. And she, she wanted to talk to my manager. 
And it was so satisfying to watch him just have my back. It was so dope. I love it. I was going to say, like, it, you probably felt so protected by your manager. Like, I did. Nice. <laughs> well, we were very lucky because we didn't need customers. Like, we were the third busiest restaurant in the whole country. Mm-hmm. So we could kind of talk crazy to people. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the pod. Maddie, I think we did the darn thing. So I will say this. I, I'm sorry, but I'm not familiar with your content. But I just want to blindly support you and say, YOLO, who cares? I think you should make it all public. Put that content out there. Worst is going to happen is no one looks at it. That's Well, I guess you could get a mean comment, but then you delete it. I say just dive all in. Don't dip your toe in the pool. Jump in. Can I hire you to delete it before I see it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wish that could happen for me because I... <laughs> we'll do it for each other. Yes. Um, I just want to tell one more thing. I just thought of this. Speaking yeah. of mean comments. One time I posted Carbonara. It went kind of a little bit viral and I made everyone in Italy upset. I got literally 20 plus DMs in Italian. I had to Google <laughs> translate it. Oh, you sick American pig. This is, I don't know what that, what that accent was. That was French, but I'm not an accent guy, but <laughs> long story short, stand up. I ruined people's lives with my carbonara. So <laughs> you just got to laugh at it and say, Hey, thanks for boosting me in the algorithm. So Ooh, there we go. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing too, is I come back to like, listen, if people were, if people are going to judge you, like they're already judging. They've been judging you for three years now, like for doing this at all. Mm-hmm. It's almost more pathetic at this point to not make it public. <laughs> and plus how, how sad and lonely is someone criticizing a random food account? Like you should feel sorry for them. Like, have you ever left a mean comment on a random food account? I'm sure you haven't. Well, like this is just, no, I haven't. Um, This is just imposter syndrome. And it's like, a whole other conversation and I'm sorry if this is going way too long or like getting to you know let's talk over time here but I'm having a fun chat with you we do gotta wrap it up but, um, um but it's like I would I'm way less worried about what like strangers would think like I if if I could go like all in with cooking mad on YouTube and on socials but not have anybody from my real life know that I'm doing it not anybody there are so many people who are supportive and who've like encouraged that but you know, those randos that are just kind of floating that you're like, hmm, what are those people going to think? I just, I just don't want them to know about it. Cause I could probably take, I would rather take hate from strangers that I'm hearing than know that like somebody from my old high school is like ch- chatting about it over Miller lights saying like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing that Maddie's trying to do that thing. But they're talking about you though. Maddie, we did the darn thing. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you. Have a good one, Maddie. You too. Bye. Bye.